Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. I know you believe it, so give me an amen. Amen. All right, let's take our declaration of understanding, then we'll take our seats and continue in our school of prayer today by learning some basic principles concerning prayer. We trust that the Lord has heard us, all the prayers we have made in his presence. We know the answers are prepared. If you believe that, give me an amen. Amen. Now, let's take our declaration of understanding. One, two, let's go. Now, I declare. Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. What is entering my heart? It's giving me light and direction. It's healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Right, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Say hallelujah like you believe in hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. The Lord is good. All right. Uh, give, good evening, everybody. All right. Let's continue learning prayer basics, and I think let's continue ending the series, right? We began to end it about um, two weeks ago. It's been a long one. All right, let's continue something we began last time. We have been learning in this our school. It's our school. It's a school. So we have been learning some things. very important. We have understanding. It's very important. Um, where do we start from? Let's start from the book of Genesis chapter 2. Well, actually, I think we we'll also read from chapter 1. Okay, let's just go to Genesis chapter 1. Then um, we'll pick a few from there. Now, Genesis chapter 1 has a story of creation. We know that. And like I said on Saturday, it's not folk tale. It's not fairy tale. It's truth. Did it happen this way it's written here? The answer is yes. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. The answer is what? Yes. Exactly. Yes, we know, of course, it may have been summarized. But it's not like it didn't happen. It did. We just need to take time out to understand it. But let's not sit on that. What I want, to, I want us to look at are the things that God did when he created. Let's look at um, verse 20. In verse 19, you hear that there was evening and there was morning and that was the fourth day. In verse 20, then God said, Let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. In 21, we read, God created the great sea monsters, and every living creature that moves, with which the waters swarmed after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw it was good. Now, this is verse 22. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. There was evening, and there was morning, a fifth day. Then he did the same thing. Let's just go on quickly to verse 20. 
6. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. In 27, we read that God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And there was none transgender in the midst of them. Now, again, emphasis verse 28. God blessed them. Somebody say that. Say it again. God blessed them. And God said to them, actually that's the blessing. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I'm going to stop reading that here so as to save some time. Now, I read all of this to show that when God created, he blessed. I hope you're getting my point. After creation, there's another process called a blessing. So imparted a blessing into the things that he created, including the human beings that he made. So first thing we should look at is what is a blessing. Now, why are we discussing this? We began it last time. We have been looking at um, the fundamental principles of prayer for some time. And again, of course, I repeat myself again and again. The reason is because it is said that repetition is the mother of what? Lasting impression. And you'll be amazed at what? <laughs> Let me not start that one. If you're a teacher, students can make you, they always run you mental. You stand like this and say, please, there are four reasons why this, this happens. What are the four reasons? One, two, three, four. And I say, all right, give them five minutes and say, how many reasons do these things happen? Someone say, mm, I think they'll be like between six or seven. You're like, excuse me, I just told you four <laughs> a while ago. So I have learned not to be tired of repeating. And Peter said, I know you know these things, but I will not neglect to remind you of them. Let me just give you a tip I found out. I was telling my wife this morning. You know, it's in the Bible, you know how to remember things. What the Bible recommends. There's one meditation, right? But the one the Bible actually recommends to help you remember. Who, who, who can guess what it is? Hmm? Okay, songs very good. Songs is good, all right? But there's one I found out this morning that the Bible actually recommends. Teach it. Ah, oh, this one is a man of God. He's a, look, 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 look. He's a man of God. He has just confirmed his calling. <laughs> yes, I found out. I won't go into that, all right? Don't take my time. Teach it. As soon as you understand something, eh? Catch somebody and explain to the person. And if you cannot explain, you don't fully understand. If you're explaining something, you're using big jargon. It's a sign you don't understand it. You want, you want to know a bad doctor? Let me tell you how to know them. They sit in front of you and be using big English. Just run away from his clinic. He doesn't know what he's doing. A good one will break the thing down until you think, you start getting confused you too, whether you're a doctor too, because you understand it so well. Do you follow my point? Once they are speaking English, they say, what is wrong with you is actually a dysregulation of the beta receptors that's connected with the C channels. Just say, okay, okay. 
He said, Doc, I'm coming. Just go out and run. Enter your car and disappear. It's a good sign. Either he's a bad doctor or he's a fraud. He wants to use big English to collect your money. That's by the way. So one way you can remember something is what? Teach somebody. Teach somebody. Just teach somebody. Catch somebody. And if you find that you can't teach it very well, it means you have not fully understood it. Go back, go and learn it. Until you can break it down to simple words. Alright? That's an aside. So, so it's the reason why we keep on repeating. Because we want people to have a lasting impression. Okay? So, what are we doing? We're learning prayer basics. What is prayer? It's simple. You come to God and you talk to him. I'll repeat something we said earlier, which I've not said for some time. It's very important. If you recognize that you're actually talking to somebody, it is showing the way you do everything. If you know it is God you are talking to, you're not even likely to be able to be eating. You're likely to drop your cutlery and then finish the talk with him. Do you follow my point? It affects your posture. Many times when we, don't, when we mix many things up, is the reason why we behave anyhow. Is the reason. Because we have mixed what is not prayer with what is prayer. Prayer simply means you have come before the God of the universe. You have come to offer words before him. The words may be words of praise. You just want to tell him what he is in your life. What you recognize him to be. And he wants you to say it. It's not for his own good, it's for your own good. When you come to God, tell him things. It can be words of appreciation for the things that he has done. Words of thanksgiving. Don't forget, bring those words also. They may also be words of committing yourself to following him and serving him all the days of your life. Very important words. Bring those words, words too. These three things we have mentioned, these three categories... We put them together and call them worship. Because we start with praise. I also added thanksgiving and then consecration. Those three things constitute worship. You can also, or you may also come to him to ask for something. And he likes that very much. He likes to do things for his children. He doesn't like worry. Worry is an insult to him because you are saying that he doesn't have capacity or he doesn't have love. Yeah. Either he doesn't care or he doesn't have the power. And many people actually think he doesn't have. Yeah, we think he doesn't have. Many of us. That's our reason. As if, man, you don't know Nigeria. I heard it. Ah, this thing still pains me till tomorrow. Paradventure, it is still paining me tomorrow. I don't know. But right now, he hurts me. That a pastor, actually, the title he has is bishop. Not only did he talk nonsense, hmm? He pinned it. You know, if you, have, if, you have, if you use Twitter, okay, you can pin a tweet. And what, why do you pin a tweet? Anybody coming to your handle is the first thing they see. So really you pin what is most important to you. Or something that you think is very important and want somebody to see. Some would pin that, the fact that, look, this is what I do in this channel. Some would pin their most important, you know, maybe saying. Anyway, you, you get my point. Something that's very important. But what, you know what this man pinned? He said, when Paul said, be careful for nothing, it's a sign he never lived in Nigeria. And he pinned it. And you're like, did you live when Paul lived? No, you did not. You have cars to drive, you fly, 
Paul had to go through, you know, perilous journeys. And he wrote them in your Bible. Some of us, I don't think we read these scriptures. He said he traveled different kinds of dangers. Danger of robbers, hunger, shipwreck, and false brethren. That is, some people carrying his bag are thieves. Brother, Peter is going, Brother Paul is going to the boat, so they say, let's carry his luggage. As they are heading, they're taking the left turn. Some of them were spies for the Roman you know, oppressors and the Roman government. And you are telling me it's because he hasn't lived in Nigeria. And the Lord forgive the brother. Yes, may he forgive him. Maybe I should go back to his handle and go and see whether he has removed that nonsense. Because that's what it is. That when Paul said, don't worry. So basically, when you go to church, you are teaching your people, worry. I hear preachers sometimes preach, and I'm like, oh God, what you are preaching is worry. Let me tell you what worry is. You are telling God he either doesn't have the capacity or doesn't have the love. In fact, isn't the words of David Paulson? He said, is, you know how you malign somebody? You know what it means to malign somebody? To speak, you know, like, I go and tell you now that um, victory, all right, is always eats 70% of the bread mommy keeps on the table, and the rest of us have to share 30%. You know that kind of thing? Then now you are seeing good on your gluten. That's called malignity. So David Paulson said that worry, you are maligning God's character. You are saying he cares more for his pets than his children. That you are saying that he cares more for his pets and his children. Why? He takes care of the birds of the field. Or the birds of the air. And the beasts of the field. So like you are saying that he has dogs and he has cats. The, the cats and the dogs, they get food. But his children don't get. That's the kind of God he is. That's what you say to him when you worry. What does God want you to do? Simply, go and pray. I can give this testimony honestly. If I rise up. For the best time I have found out, the best time when I want to pray about something, I have found out is to rise up very early. Now, God can answer prayers at 12 noon. I hope you get my point. He can answer prayers at 2 p.m. I just personally have found out that the best time when I can reason, when my, it's as if your mind is not cluttered, is when you've just woken up and everybody's still asleep. Now, yours may be that you run into the bush. I've seen people that run into the bush when serious matters are down. Me, I just find it's best to get some sleep, and then if I wake up, or I try to wake up when everybody's still asleep, a great while before dawn, like Jesus used to do. Personally, I find it effective. And you know what? I've seen something that God has done for me consistently. When I do things like that, or when I take that kind of step, every single time, he has answered my prayer. Now, listen. I'm not, let me not deceive you to say that he gives me everything I ask for. No. In fact, a lot of times I do, I'm not even asking for anything. A lot of times I'm just laying down the burden. I'm just letting him know, look at what is going on. Because many times the solution to your problem is not what you are thinking of. Like I said, one of these last few times I preached here on that, on this uh, in our school of uh, prayer basics now, uh, here, I explained that don't emphasize on the solution he must bring. The Bible says, let your what? Cast your burdens upon the Lord because what? He cares for you. Let, you know, lay down that burden. Paul said, what does he give to you? The peace of God. Because sometimes the solution you will have brought for your problem is not what he's planning to bring. It's not. So just tell him what the issue is. And then let him take care of it. 
So I'm saying, giving as a testimony, many times he grants the requests that I have in heart. I'm not saying to ever have requests. I'm just saying that that's not often my emphasis. But one thing I found, found that he does a lot of that, the burden just disappears. I go back to sleep, I wake up in the morning, the heart is light. Peace comes upon the soul. So he wants us to do things like, just lay things down before him, you know, openly. Just clean, don't, there's no, 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 no pretense. If you're having bad thoughts, tell, tell him, Lord, you know, I'm having some bad thoughts about this matter. These are the bad thoughts. It's good you say it to, do you know why? He can see the bad thoughts. And he can see them. God always wants to come forth. It's called confession. It's like you're opening your heart up before him. He can see it, whether you say it or not. But there is one thing, you opening your mouth to speak. That's what he does. Like I said the other time, David sinned. God was watching him. He took Bathsheba, killed Uriah. God didn't see anything. For about a year, possibly more, God said nothing. Then one day Nathan showed up. Was it the day God discovered that David sinned? Was it that day God found out that he killed Uriah? No. He was just giving him time. That's one thing God does with time. He gives us time to repent. Go and read it. In Revelation, we're explaining. I give her time. You know, time is given. So God kept on with first month, second month. And because David did not take advantage of the time, he got into trouble. Again, we won't sit on that. So God wants us to open our hearts, open our mouths, and bring forth that which is in our heart. Say it before him. Even if it's a bad thing, tell him. After he's the one you're telling it to. Ask him to solve your problems. Ask simply. There is something I noticed. I think it's the spirit of God trying to put things in order. Because before when I used to say this, some people, I, I, I used to fear that people would say that Banky doesn't believe in some of these things. Please read my book. You know what I believe. Receive the Holy Spirit. All right? Please read the book. But I tell when it gets to that point, generally, don't start with speaking in other tongues, even if you can. Say that. I mean, you, you don't know what is worrying you. I hope you get my point. Utter it. Just go line by line. Simply. And we have examples in scriptures. That's what the church did. They said, behold, they are threatenings. Well, now, Grant, they didn't even say stop the threatening. Did they say that? Please, our greatest desire is that despite their threatenings, we have to preach the gospel. And we found out the easiest way to do it, according to your instructions, is that we'll go out walking signs and wonders in the name of the Holy Son, Jesus Christ. Simple. I'll be getting my point. Okay, I'm just reviving, putting some things together. What is prayer? Sometimes as you're you talking to the Father like this, you remember something else. not always about you. Do you follow me? You also rise up early. To bring up other people's matter before God. Sometimes they don't even know you are praying for them. But those prayers are important. Please pray for one another. You hear what I said? It's important. Pray for somebody else. It's very important. Pray for somebody else. Of course, there are things that concern you but don't concern you alone. For example, is our country. Pray for that country. Pray for the leaders of the country. Pray for the country generally. Pray for the church of God. It's not only you that's inside. The church of Christ needs you to pray for it. God gave that instruction. You see the way Paul will say, pray for us. Pray for ministers of the gospel. All of this we call what? Intercession. That's why you are praying for somebody else. I hope you're getting my point. Now, all of this is we call prayer. There are different kinds of prayer. Now, this thing that we call prayer now, there are things that 
help praying. Praise does not help praying. Praise is prayer. I hope you get my point. However, something like agreement is important. We've explained that. If something concerns more than one person, agreement is very crucial. And I explained along the line, if you are in business, try. That's why, you know, no, just by the way, when the Bible says don't be unequally yoked with a non-believer, it was talking about marriage, all right? But it's not only marriage, you. It's not everybody you go into business with. Do you follow my point? Yeah, it's not everybody. Try and go into business with people you can pray together. Because you go and do a joint venture, you invest your money. The guy is a criminal. And he's bringing criminality <laughs> and evil spirits into your business. And you are trying to lay hands on the same business. The oldest will just be looking like, which one do I do now? Because that man has right there too. It's his money. Do you get my point? Yeah. That's, there's something about equal yoking. Once you are dra- being dragged together at the same pace, be very careful who you get into such endeavors with. All right? I won't say much, uh, more about that now. But so that's what we talked about, agreement. Now, we said a lot of these things, okay, about prayer, but that there are, agreement being one of the aids to prayer, okay? Now, as part of those other things that aid prayer, I said there are other spiritual activities we get involved in, but in themselves, they are not prayer, but they are very important. They are very important. One of them... Is what? Prophesying. We talked about that, right? Meditation is another one. These are very important things. Meditating is not prayer, but it's important. It helps you obey the word of God. What is meditating? Putting the word of God on your lips all the time. Now, the one we now began to talk about you know, lately, I'm now getting to that today. Um, that's the last part of it. We talked about taking authority, exercising authority. We took time out to speak about casting out demons. Casting out demons is very important. Learn to take authority over demons. I don't, I don't mean you should be suspicious of everything. Your tire goes down and says, use demon of deflation. Do they occur? Maybe they do. <laughs> but most of the times I see demons cast out in the Bible, it's from people. Have you seen this when people do something? They go to a territory and go and pull down the demons there. Don't waste your time. It doesn't work. You know when I say some things, I'm like, what did you say? In our church, that's all you do. In your church, you waste a lot of time. It hasn't done anything. You can't put on the demon of corruption in Nigeria. You can't. You can't. How are you going to do it? I mean, directly say, I cast you down from there. Listen, bros, you say, I sit in your people's hearts. If, you, if their hearts will change, I have nowhere to sit. And I said, so we can't cast out the territorial spirit. Experience, scriptures, you can't. If it was possible, they would have driven all of them away since. But you didn't see Paul go anywhere removing territorial spirits. He couldn't. You know what removes... Okay, are you saying... Okay, Pastor Bank, wait, wait, wait. You are saying we should leave territorial spirits alone. No, I never said that. I said there's a way of casting them down. What is that way? The preaching of the gospel. That's it. It's the preaching of the gospel. Preach the gospel enough. It gets to a point in time. It hits a climax, they run. Until you do that, they are not going anywhere. They are not going anywhere. They can't go anywhere. The human beings hold... You know and They hold on. It's not like... I've seen people talk about... Uh, you have to deal with the spirit. You can deal with that spirit, but you can't just cast that. Say, this spirit will cast you out now in Jesus' name. The guy, okay, he comes down. He won't finish prayer. He climbs back. The people that put him there, we put him back there. I hope you're getting my point. You know what casts down territorial spirits? It is the preaching of the gospel. How do you know? Just take your Bible and find out where Peter went to preach somewhere and he was dealing with territorial spirits. 
I hope you're getting my point. Or you see, why did the Bible not give us examples like that? There's not. We just get up, we create doctrines out of different, you know, permutations, calculations, integration, and combinations. I hope you get my point. And they come up with something. And the people now say, that all they are doing is casting out territorial spirit. You can't. Pastor Van, can't we go somewhere to pray? Yes, you can. To do what? It's simple. Say, Lord, open doors for us to preach your gospel. So, you know, sometimes I think we talk too much to demons. We talk, you know, <laughs> one of our dear sisters, she and I were chatting, was it yesterday? And she mentioned something. No, she, was, she mentioned something to one man said, I said, my sis, I'm not a fan of his. He said, oh, this other man, I prefer him to this other man. I said, that one, I prefer that one to this one. However, I'm not also a fan of the other man. What is the reason? I said, he makes overcoming demons look like struggle. Yeah. yeah. I said, he preaches a lot about demons, but overcoming them is fight. You wrestle a whole night with one demon. Where did you see your Bible? No, just give me an example. Give me an example. The only person that wrestled a whole night in the Bible, who was he wrestling with? Thank you. And it's good to wrestle with holy things. You know, body they robbed, you know, you will rob in holiness. Holiness will be <laughs> infecting you. Can't spend a whole night. If I have to spend a whole night wrestling demons in my life, I have a problem. So I said, listen, I don't like that because you spend too much time. And see, you say, why do, are you saying those testimonies are not true? Let me tell you something about testimonies. You want to hear something about testimonies? <laughs> okay, that's where I'm going to illustrate it. I told the story here before. One of our brothers, our senior brothers in school, you know, young people get involved in all kinds of evangelism stuff. So he went for NYC and they got involved in evangelism in an, in, with drama. So some people came from another school, not from our own school. NYC, you know, all kinds of people mixed from all kinds of places. So they said, anytime you want to go and do evangelism, you know, demons are angry that you're exposing them. So they usually come for you. So before the drama, you will pray extra. So they will go, they fight the spirits that will, after you have exposed yourself, they will now come after the actors and the actresses. So I'm wondering what is happening to Windows right now because they've... <laughs> that just by the way. So that brother was looking at all of them. So they prayed. So after the drama, they also prayed. He looked at all of them like, No. Me and Demos, I don't think we have anything in common. I'm seated in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers in Christ Jesus. So these demons, so they finished their outreach, they did their drama, and at night, see drama. The demons came, and the other people fought. They fought in the morning. They wrestled. Some of those demons have like they had like eight heads. Some came with six legs. Some came with seven arms. Now I'm adding this one. They didn't add this one. I'm just adding all the pepper and them. Um, Spices to the gist, but they fought the whole night. You know what my brother was doing? He was sleeping the whole night. They woke up in the morning, he had no testimony. I don't know whether you are getting my gist. He didn't have a testimony. Which one do you prefer? You want a, you want a, you want a testimony? Let's be honest. Which one would you prefer? I don't want a testimony. Let me sleep. Somebody came, ah, praise God. That night, oh, Satan was so angry. He came to our room. I began to battle him, and I fought him till morning. By morning, he ran away. He has sense. He has deprived you of sleep. You think he, he knew you couldn't kill you. Is he stupid? He said, I will make sure you don't sleep so that you can't act tomorrow. And you two, you were waiting for the fight. You had your sword. The other guy said, in peace will I lay me down and sleep. For God alone makes me dwell in safety. 
So as soon as he hit the bed, he closed his eyes. He didn't have to wake up to fight demons. Forget all those testimonies. It is according to your level of understanding. If you want fight, they will give you. You get my point? You want to fight demons? Hey, come on. They say, hey, Sister Kate loves demons. Come on. Let's go to her house. Let's fight. We can't win. We can't kill her, but at least she won't walk well next day. So as soon as I hit the bed, they show up in your dream. Boom. That's how you wake up. I cast you out. I pull you down. I somersault you. Scatter. Hey, Kaluba. Hey, Godoba. Hey, Godoba. Two hours. The demons are like, hey, I cast you back. Go backward. Then they will go backward. They fall. They rise again. All of it to keep you busy till 4.30 a.m. At 4.30, they say, okay, sleep, sleep, sleep. You have work. These demons will. Then you finally fall apart. Now go to sleep. Then 4.30. 5.30 alarm. Get up. Walk the day. You get to the office. You are dozing. As soon as you walk in church office. Pastor say, what is the problem? Say, Pastor, it was a night. <laughs> but we won. Pastor say, you won. Our work is not getting done. You missed it. <laughs> you didn't win nothing. You lost. Now go back and sleep this night and tell the demons you have sleep to do. They shouldn't come. We can't be sleeping when the enemy is not sleeping. Do you look like an enemy? I just said, you know, we use some psychologists and some cliches that are not scripture. You say, why can't you, why, why will you be sleeping when the enemies are not sleeping? You can't, I say, hey, enemy will decide when I sleep or when I don't sleep. No, I will sleep. Let the enemy go and sleep. If he doesn't want to sleep, it's a sign that he's being punished by God. God has withdrawn his sleep. Me, he has blessed with sleep. Do you get what I'm trying to say? All right. So, back to the point I'm making, I was making. We take authority over demons. We don't go around chasing them in every little thing around. I say you cannot cast them over, out over a territory. You go to the territory and preach the gospel. When you go there to pray, what do you pray for? Say, God, we are going in. Manifest your power. You can pray things like, Lord, grant the people a heart of repentance. Important prayers. Have mercy upon the people. Let the sacrifice of Jesus not be wasted in their case. Pray as much as possible. Let the Holy Spirit bring you words that you don't even know the meaning thereof. You groan for them. Yeah, literally, you do that. At such times, sometimes you don't even know what to pray as you ought to. And you continue to pray for the people. But what are you praying for? You are praying for them. You are praying for the gospel to get in. Don't worry about the evil spirits. They can't do any... I wish you would get the point. They can't. They can't. They can't. I've heard all kinds of testimonies. When we went here, it was free. When we went here, it was not free. He said, it was because they, they bound the spirits. No, some people walked before you came. I don't know whether you're getting my point. They came in there, sowed dangerous seeds. Why will a territory be easier than another? There are different reasons. Sometimes people have come in there and they have offered the right prayers. Not because somebody fought the demons. Sometimes people have done some work ahead of time. Do you get my point? You bring Rehon Bonke as an example in his days. Of course, he's gone home to be with the, with the Lord now. You bring him to a, play, a part of Nigeria where nobody has offered this kind of prayers we are saying. Nobody has come there beforehand to you know, preach any gospel. Then you take him to another area where somebody has told them there is somebody called Jesus Christ. I hope you're getting my point. Where somebody has offered, it, it will be different. It will be different. It's not about territorial spirits that have been cast down. You can't just show up from the way I say, I cast territorial spirit. Do you even know the name of territorial spirit? It's not your job. I hope you're getting my point. Your job is what? Preach the gospel. Make petitions and intercessions for the people before the Father. Please let me not preach that message again about demons. Right? Let's just continue. So please go and get the message. We talked about driving out evil spirits. You drive evil spirits out of your life, your home, where they don't belong. When you identify them. 
Well, last time I said, please, and I think last week's message, I'm very happy about it. When it's talked about, you know, getting restless. Getting restless. You need to get restless and shake off some shackles, some oppressions in your life. Get restless. Get restless. That is, no, whatever this we take, we'll give it to you. Know, there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's, a pro, there's a saying like that in Western Nigeria. Say, we'll give it what it, what it will take. That is, what is it demanding? We'll give it to you. That is, this one, eh, we, will not, we will not agree. You get restless. I'm tired of these problems. You will not continue. And God will open your eyes and show you this is where you make your adjustments. These are the kind of prayers you're supposed to offer. These are things you do in this regard. Why you have become restless. Let's not get used to, you know, less than the full measure of the blessings of God. Hmm? Let's not get used to it. That this one, that this one is okay. No, it's not okay. It's okay, but it's not okay. I hope you get my point. We thank God for what he has done. But you look and say, God, anything remain? If you say it remains, say, I bring it now. Are you eating it in heaven? No, now. I hope you're getting my point. It's one prayer I've learned to pray. Say, Baba God, please, eh? if there's something you want to do for me, I don't have the faith. Eh? Help me to, to build up the faith. Let's download this thing. There's nothing he's doing with it. It's not as if, okay, if you give me now, there will be none to give today. Do you follow my point? There's enough for everybody. There is enough. You can't be greedy with God. You can't be greedy with human beings. You can't be covetous with God. You can't be. If he gives you 10 things, you tell him thank you. Say, hey, Lord, you have another 11 there. Say, you want it? Bring it now. I mean, I don't run. If he says that you don't have the strength to carry it, okay, show me the gym where they build the strength to carry it. But we'll collect everything from you. You are our father. I do, I, I play once in a while with the Lord. I told you before. Well, I just asked for something. Not a very serious thing, no. I said, Lord, I know it's not very crucial for life and it's expensive and I don't have the money, but you have the money and my father is rich. So what are we talking about? Seriously. Some of them are very frivolous. I can't say it from the pulpit. You think I have something wrong with you? I just go down and say, Baba, you see, ah, ah. Baba God, you have money. Does it not have? You know, you see some people, they say, why is a man of God flying private jet? You know why I'm not flying a private jet right now? There's no way I'm going. If I'm traveling all the time, I won't beg you. Do you look like I'm buying private jet yet? Say yes, oh. Some people say, no, me, I wanted to say yes, oh. Say, by, say, Pastor, if you open the eyes of the Spirit, you will see me. <laughs> but I'm not coming to anybody. But you get my point. I'm not trying to harass anybody. But if every time I'm flying up and down, I'm getting, ah, what is it, self? See, you know what I do? Things like that. I'll just go and look at I'll go and prize it. I've done that already, even though I'm not, I'm not praying about it because there's no way I'm going. I've seen some very cheap ones. They're not too expensive. Maybe like seven, eight million dollars. All right? A basic good one that a man of God can use. It's maybe like 12 million dollars. All right? I'm buying it to the smallest of your problems. Oh, yes. Keeping it flying is where your faith is needed. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. If God says, "Give me," we say, "So you're not believing God for a private jet?" Now, no, I'm not. Why? Where have I gone this year? <laughs> Do you get my point? So you look at how many places have I been to, and it's already—it's not July with this. And we're here discussing last week, talking with some of the guys at the back. I said, "I don't even like going to places right now." This one I do in Enugu. You don't know how it makes me happy. I just like to come here twice a week, then join the discussion on Fridays. 
I will just exchange the word of God and everything is recorded, is, you know, is distributed via the modern day Roman road. You know, today I stumbled into a book that I did not know I wrote. I was looking for something on my computer. I saw one book. I, I double clicked it. So I said, let me see where I downloaded it from. I started reading. Ah, these are my words now. These are my words. I was reading pages upon pages. Do you know? I had no idea. Really, I did not know. If you see the number of pages I had written, and I, there was a way I knew I was the one that wrote it. I saw the way I stopped. It's just my way of stopping. I said, ah, oh boy, you wrote this? So I quickly did something to make it return to the top of my you know, search. All right? When I search for things, I just made it return to the top of the search my computer. So I'll remember to go and read it again and finish it. I don't know when I wrote that book, whether it was five years ago or eight years ago. I can't remember. That's the kind of thing I want to do. So I don't need to fly anywhere. That's the point I'm trying to make. But if I have to be flying, I will pray. And I will actually expect the Lord to send it. And according to Bishop Edepo, I will have no apologies to any devil. Yeah, because it didn't be easy your money. Easy your money. If you see a billion van in my house full of money, how's your business? <laughs> yeah, I, I deal like that with the Lord sometimes. I said, oh, God, <laughs> you know you are rich. Let's not uh, pretend you have money. My father is the richest father in the world. The only thing he said, he gave me some rules. Don't compete with Dangote. Do you get my point? Yes. He said, don't compare yourself with anybody. If if you if you are the one, I'm telling you how to pray. First, you are satisfied with where you are now, right now, yet you still want God to do more for you. Asking God for more is not a sign of lack of satisfaction. You know, God said to David when he took Uriah's wife, he showed him the things he did for him. You know, what he told him, if you had wanted more, I would have added now. What's all of this? So the reason why David did not have more than he had was I didn't want. And really, sometimes in my life, there are times I tell God, I don't, this one I don't want. The reason, no, I'm serious. Go and read it. God told David, if you had wanted more, I would have given, you know, you get to a point, let me tell you something about God there. Once he has dealt with idolatry, dealt with lust, spirit of competition and strife in your life, he gets to a point in time, he'll give you anything. Because he knows that you wouldn't ask for it if you didn't really, you know, he trusts your judgment so much. There was a time Solomon asked him for wisdom. Ah, say Solo. Solo. That's impressive for a young man like you. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to give you things you don't ask for. See, what everybody has been asking for, I will give you. God made Solomon so rich. You know, people don't know how rich Solomon was. I realized that wealth, see, please, can I beg you? Stop worrying your head about the head of state or the, the or Nigerian government. They don't generate wealth. So all the one that's been happening in recent times, you know, dollar has hit the peak, which we prophesied long ago, you know. You know, <laughs> don't be worried. What did I say? Don't be worried. They say fuel is, uh, how much is it now? Uh, okay, never is 700. Okay. No, no, it's going to come down. Now, it's going to come down. Now, I'm not trying to be, I'm not being analytic, right? You know why it's going to come down? Because we ask God to slow it down so that people will not panic too much. 
Really. It's gonna, that's the only reason. But it, no, seriously. All right? Just watch what I said. Now, where I'm going with all of this is this. Hmm? He didn't even bother me at all. But I'm happy about the whole thing for one thing. Now, I'm not talking about the whole country. I'm talking about the elect. See all of this, you know what they do? They make you turn your eyes to God. You know? You have nowhere else. And you know, you want to hear the voice of a prophet? And I'm speaking prophetically. God said, that's all I'm trying to do. I want to make my people have no other hope anywhere else. So that because when I bless them tomorrow, they will, they will not say Bola Tinubu was a good president. So I don't want to hear that nonsense. I want them to know. Now me, they bless. Nobody else can. Do you know prosperity? I've studied enough. Watch the world. Watch everything. Is a gift of God. Please let me beg you. Stop saying that what we need in Nigeria is good leaders. No. What we need is a blessing. What we need is what? A blessing. Just bear that in mind. What we need in this country is for God to just, it's called, it's called God, you know, causing his face to shine upon the people. When God blessed Solomon, hey God, the nation was so rich, it was pointless being a thief. What, is, what are you saying about? It was cheaper to be honest than to be stealing. They said silver was not reckoned with. When Solomon built that temple for God, he wasn't something out of place. What I mean is, I know some of us, you go to a village, very common in this part of Nigeria. You see small, small houses here and there, then you see their church building. It's a sign of idolatry. The church, the average church building, should just be about as fine as the finest house in that place. As a matter of what I say, yes, if your church building is much finer than the houses around, you people are worshiping an idol. If you live in hot, build a bigger hut. Don't be silly. Don't remove tiles from your house. You see, this one is for the house of God. The one I'm living is, whose, whose house it is? Are you all right? If we all have money to put tiles, we'll put there. I'm not saying don't put tiles. But I'm saying it should be a reflection of where we live. I will sacrifice on my God. Your God said, look, this is where I live, in your house. Look, Chris are very funny. <laughs> they will strain themselves, contribute money to air condition in the church. They don't have air conditioner in the be- their bedroom. See, I know some people don't like me, so it doesn't matter. That is why, when I started this ministry, I made sure I was the CEO. <laughs> so no matter what I preach, I can't get query, nobody can sack me. And if you see, if, I, if God didn't do it like that, eh, I would have been sacked. If not, no <laughs> Hey, people don't fire me, tire. Because the kind of things I say. So, you know, the house of God must be air-conditioned. If your bedrooms are not air-conditioned, that church does not need an air-conditioner. Let me tell you, if you don't have AC in your house, when they are contributing money to put AC in your church, don't give. Don't be stupid. You worship by dawn. Now, that's the problem. You think that one is the house of God. Oh, boy, sleeping well is the work of God, though. 
You know what I have found out? Anytime I'm waking up, I'm, I'm not just waking up. He's heat. I just, I just grabbed the remote. Well, thank God if there's power. I just, well, the AC very you open like, that's it. I go into the spirit. <laughs> so I, I know many people won't like what I'm saying. It's because they don't understand what I'm saying. If you understand it, eh, you won't have any problem with it. Why are you building an idol? Why did I say what I say? How many hours do you spend in church? Come on, let's be real. So that is where uh, uh, the what? Look, look, every day I work for God. I don't know about you. Every day. Did I say do air condition the church? I never said so. Let those who have air condition in their homes bring the money. Because if the whole church must have air conditioning, that means we are prospered enough to have in our homes. If we don't, if we cannot afford it in our homes, but want to insist on putting the church, our heads are not working. You know why I can talk like this? I know the church is just a hall. God does not live there. It's a convenient meeting place for you and I. I hope you're getting my point. I able to say, no, it's the work of God. You will sell your car to put AC in church. Do you realize the importance of being mobile? Please don't come and tell me you're not sacrificed of God. You just don't have sense. You don't know the other priorities in life. If there's no roof, sell the car. I don't have a problem. Do you get my point? It's important. The roof is crucial. This is where we all meet. There's no roof there. Eh, sell the car. We say, just want people to feel cool when they come. Bros, I can't trek to come and feel cool. Don't forget, I'm one of the people. Though. I, want to do, I want to come to church together. Nobody can sack me. You see what I'm telling now? It's, what the, it's an impeachable offense, but impeach me now. You know, I, talk, I, talk, I see something that Christians do. It just gets on my nerves. Yeah. And I want to buy pastor a new car. Praise God. Which is good. If you give me a new car, I will pray for you extra. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm guessing there are some sacrifices I will not accept for it. Say, Pastor, my children have not eaten, but you, de- you deserve a car. I will tell you, thunder fire you dear. Your children have not eaten. You want to use to buy me a car? What is wrong with you? It's something, is, no, seriously, it's something is absolutely wrong with you. You should know the sacrifice of, that fits some things. I, sorry, sorry, I'm getting angry like this because I see it now. So I'm not saying, I sold my phone. I said, for what now? You know, you are young. You've, you cannot go and harass your uncle. Say, uncle, I don't have phone. That's not giving. That's robbery. You use, uncle, you know, say, I don't, may I, you sold your phone. Don't give. If you want to give offering, go without the phone for one year. I know you gave an offering. Not, I'm the one that, I'm the one God will bless. You gave your phone as an offering. You came to meet me to give you another one. God will not bless you. He will bless me. Those of you are angry with me. You will cool down later. Tibo, I know you will forgive me. You've known me for a long time. So you can't even be angry. That's it. <laughs> oh, God, let me get to my message. The point I'm making, please, eh? you guys don't get me wrong. Eh? You know, 
All of these things, I'm not emphasizing something. Christians often think that a building is a church of God. No. We are the church of God. So wherever we go to meet, all right, is a reflection of what we are. We don't give a false impression. If you go to your church, it's very fine. Go and decorate your sitting room too. I hope you get my point. Yes, that's the point. I'm making all of this. I'm saying, in Solomon's case, that's where I was going. If you know the kind of God we serve, he is not a look. When he was going to build a tabernacle in the wilderness, it was a small thing. He was not a big tabernacle. Do you get my point? The people brought their jewelry and all of that. See, look at what he did for them. They had so much. Hmm? Moses has to tell them, stop. Before then, what did he do? He said, go to the Egyptians. Collect. Wages of hundreds of years of labor. Collect. The Egyptians handed them gold, silver, expensive, you know, tapestry, clothing of all sorts. Then when it was time to give, they had to give. What am I going to say? That tabernacle was a reflection of what their God had done in their lives. Yes, that's what it was. When Solomon was building his temple, go and see the kind of house he also built. Go and see it. And that was not just what he lived in. That was what the big men in Israel, that was what they were dealing in. They had houses made of cedars. They decorated their sitting rooms with gold. When you saw their wives come out, oh boy, you wonder whether this is a temple. The the women, they also were glorious. You didn't see poor people crawling to an expensive temple to worship. That's what God does. No. You didn't see poor people crawling to an expensive temple to worship. God blessed them all around. That's what I'm going to emphasize. Please, I'm not speaking against giving. I'm speaking against idolatry. God bless them. Look, God bless those people. How did he do Solomon? You know, I was talking about the fact that wealth is a gift. Just because Solomon made the right requests in prayer when God gave him the opportunity, God saw where his heart was. He said, this one, I'll give you money. And there's one thing I found out about money. <laughs> Once God bless you small, if your head is normal, the only thing you can do is to be a blessing. That's it. Oh, it's so easy to satisfy somebody when God blesses the person. It's so easy. You can be, okay, let's take Nigeria as an example now of, of today. God says, okay, let me now you know, give you the value in dollars. God just said, don't worry, don't worry. I'm going to give you a million dollars every quarter. That's when you know that spending money is actually a hard thing. Because the first one million dollars, hey! You've gone to price the best land in Enugu. God said, don't worry. He will soon be tired. <laughs> the angels, he said, the angels, don't worry. He's a small boy, the warrior. You know, history of poverty. He has not come out of it. Just leave him. You buy land. Of course, they'll give you maybe 3,000 square meters. You feel like it's the biggest plot in, in the world. You've never seen anything bigger than 450. You, you get my point? You buy it. And when you finish paying, you realize that you have not even finished tithing on the million dollars. Yeah, the cost in today's Nigeria, it's not, a tithe has not even gone. Ah, they're like, eh? Then they designed the best house for you. And they build it. That's why you realize that $1 million is a lot of money. 
halfway through concerning the house, the other million comes again. You have to tell God, please, can I breathe? <laughs> <laughs> you wanted money. You will see money. You said, Lord, please wait. I said, you now go to church. Brethren, we're thinking, hey, how much? You just give them the money. <laughs> he said, hey, this church, we should AC. He said, don't worry about AC. Forget about the bank. We're going to AC this place. <laughs> of course, that's what I'm learning. He said, you can't afford it now. You said, put ACs everywhere. Because by the time you finish all of that, you say, ha. Lord, I've not even spent a tenth of another one. I say, you never see anything yet. <laughs> At the end of the year, you have given and given and given. And like, God, is this how it is? Because I have not even done anything for it. This is about what it cost me to make a flower. Let me pray for you. I'm not praying a prayer for covetousness, eh? but I'm praying a prayer for understanding. May God help you to know the riches of God. Father God, help your children to see how rich you are. So that they will relax, they will not worry. That's what we're talking about. Because indeed, their father is rich. Their father is rich. Thank you, Father. Let's continue. So I was saying that, so we, we, we pray prayers like that, okay? We make our request before the Lord. He does great and wonderful things, all right? Now I get into talking about that. The fact that, just lay your burdens down before him. Okay, yeah, and I know why I went to that. But then they say that, look, let's know that our father is rich, so sometimes we can just become what? Restless. And say every good thing that you have, Lord, let me experience it. That's what we are saying. That's what we are saying. And as God works in your life, all right, spiritually first, he develops the particular point. He's ready to pour any form of blessing into your life. That's just the way he is. So, next thing, that, okay, I, I, yeah, let's not get back. I've just done a bit of review of the things that we have said before. Let's now look at that blessing thing again. Did you read any portion just now? Yeah, we read Genesis chapter 1. Yeah. So what is a blessing? One of the assignments we have in taking authority. Remember, God has given us authority, and we must learn to wield the authority that he has given. When it came to dividing the Red Sea, God said to Moses, don't ask me anymore. You go and do something about it. He said, take that rod and you divide the Red Sea. And Moses did that successfully. Now, one of the manifestations or one of the areas in which God has given us authority is what we began to look at last time. One of the assignments we have is to release the blessing. That's what I was trying to emphasize. We have this assignment to release a blessing. What is a blessing? Let's start with that. We read from that Genesis chapter 1. We read a number of verses. The point we are trying to make, all right, is that, that's what we are trying to bring out from it is that if you notice, when God created those things, he put the empowerment to fulfill their destiny into them. Did you hear what I said? Let me give an example. There are many devices all over this hall. We have some electrical devices like fans, air conditioners, and then combination of electrical, electronic devices like the amplifier, you know, the speakers, the computers I'm seeing all over the place. Now, when these things, finish, when they finish manufacturing them, no matter how well they are manufactured, they will never fulfill their function unless you do what? Plug them into a power source. It's not about how well they are manufactured now. It's, it's their power. I hope you're getting my point. You can have the best equipment in the world. It needs what? Power. After the animals were made, after the human being was made, 
he needed or they needed power to be able to function. And that power is what is called a blessing. What is a blessing? It's the empowerment to function. What is a blessing? It's the empowerment to succeed. What is a blessing? It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual current energy that is infused to bring the destiny of a created thing or being into life, into reality. That's what a blessing is. Listen, let me just quickly say this, okay? So that we understand the meaning of a blessing. You read books a lot of times. <laughs> In fact, you know, I don't know if you read Robert Kiyosaki when he was making the waves. Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read it then. I read quite a number of his books. I read them, the, the, the quadrants, all those quadrant things. Uh, cash flow quadrants. Now, no insult meant, but after I read the second one, I realized that the third one is just the same I don't know whether you were there. <laughs> just the same thing, packing in different ways, just to maximize the, you know. All right, good. <laughs> I read all the books. But there was one, one of the ones I read, I think the third one or so, when I was talking about certain habits you need to form. Now, he talked about that. This is very important. I don't know how he learned it. I don't know whether he's a Christian or not. I don't know. But he, talked, he used the word, please, don't misunderstand what I'm trying to say. He used the word tithing in one of his books. And that struck me. Now, what he called tithing, I found out, is not what Christians call tithing. That was his own way of expressing Christian giving. So he felt everything you did when it came to giving is what is called tithing. But we know that that's not really what tithing is. But let's just stick with the fact that he was advocating that you must be a giver. Now, when I saw that, I was surprised. But I was actually also happy because, you see, he had said a lot of things. How to build your cash flow structure. Now, he made a lot of money doing, um, he made most of his money doing real estate. He learned to buy houses, break them to smaller units, and then rent them out. And then he converted them to a cash flow, you know, a cash cow, really. Then he can invest in other things. He's, all of those things were working for him. So people, of course, a lot of people followed him. All right, A lot of people did. A lot of people did. And then 99.9% as usual got what? Nothing. It's not because what he said was wrong. But what works for one man is not going to work for everybody. But he, in, in, with all, you know, let's give him that, um, that um, uh, credit, okay? He explained that he knows this will not work for everybody, but this was what worked for him. That just find out what works for you. Then along the line, he now got to that issue of giving. And he tried to emphasize without being a preacher, all right, without being a preacher, that essentially you need a spiritual substance to power these structures you are putting in place. When I saw it, I said, somebody instructed this man well. Look, of course, you know my teaching on all of those things. But where I re- what I got from it is that the man understood that, hey, don't just go and put all these structures in place. They may not work. You will learn how to build the best computers. There's no power. You build the best air conditioner. There's no power. So the man tried to explain to people, and it is so true, that you also have to get power for it. But because he's not skilled or gifted in that area, he did not spend all the time on it. And it's okay. I'm not saying anything wrong. I'm not trying to bring anything wrong with what he did. I'm trying to explain that no one person cannot teach you everything. And a lot of people not knowing it, they thought that that's all. Just follow Robert Kiyosaki, reach that poor dad, cash flow quadrant, all of this, and then you will become rich. And they tried and they became poor. Things just don't work by themselves. There's always a power in the spirit to make them work. I'll be getting my point. I was informed that I got that quote from him. 
He said, nobody can predict that. Why did he say that? He said, nobody can take credit. Yeah. He said, talking about success. He said, nobody can take success for everything. He can take credit for success and everything. Nobody can take credit. He said, he has found out that there is luck. Those are his words and there is grace. Those are the two words he used. And even before I read that, I said, no, sir. I knew that what you call luck, we call it a blessing. What you call grace, you got that one right, is the power of God that helps you. No matter how well you build a structure, it can collapse. And I've seen them collapse again and again. A business person would design the, the fantastic business slam for you. And when you read it, like, wow, yeah, wow, this is going to generate income, man. We should be able to turn over like um, 5 million naira in the first two weeks. And then monthly, we should go up to about 15. Before the end of two years, we should be able to be turning over like 35 million naira a month. And our profit margin might drop, but you know, but then you'll be explaining and explaining, and you're like, wow, wow. I read one story once. One man, <laughs> they wanted to, not really, they wanted to, not really scam, but something like a scam. Not really a scam. They wanted to sell a business that did not exist. Hoping people would invest in it and they would not develop it. So there was a rich man who put money down. And this sweet-talking guy who can make presentations. So the guy made the presentation so well that the man that together they agreed to come and sell the business, which is kind of a half scam, he was so impressed, he bought everything. You don't get the gist. Some people say, what are you saying? No. Imagine you, you bring out 50, okay, let's say 10 million naira. You and one guy say, look, let's package this business. You look very nice. Then we'll get able to invest 500,000 500, naira. And they're going to be like or 100 of them. So that's going to be 50 million. They will now go and see whether it will work. If it doesn't work, we share the one we can and go. So this guy said, no problem. He sat down, prepared a very beautiful presentation on how the business will go. Then his fellow, his partner, he, he sat in the congregation and was listening to the presentation. That guy impressed so much, just because he said, Tell him that we have sold everything. He bought everything. <laughs> he said, man, that was good. <laughs> That's what happens a lot of times. You watch business presentations, you think they will work. They don't usually work. Most of them don't work. Not because they are bad, but because what makes something work in life is spiritual electricity. And you can't just get up and just hey, collect it anyhow. The business planner cannot force it to come down. It's a spiritual substance. And that's what we call what? A blessing. A blessing is empowerment to succeed. God does not let anything that he created go without empowering it. Anything God wants to succeed in life, he must empower it. And the way by which he empowers is with what? Words. He uses words to empower people. To empower things. So you see the Bible says that, and God blessed them and said to them, say, what will you do? You will be fruitful. You will multiply. You will fill the earth. It says to them, that saying, that utterance, releases the power of the spirit for the thing to work. That's what we call the blessing. First point. Second point is that he delegates the release of the blessing. In different areas, he gives the power to release that blessing to different people. And we are going to read a number of scriptures. Let's see how far we can go with this. Alright, the Lord is good. Numbers chapter 6. 
The power belongs to God, amen? Yeah, it belongs to God. However, he delegates the power. He says to different people at different times, and so as to quickly get to it so we don't forget to explain everything, he has delegated some power into your own hands. Say amen to that. Amen. Yeah, it's a matter of fact. It's a responsibility. It's not something to be shining over. It's a responsibility. It's a responsibility. Verse 22. Look at the delegation of power here. Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and to his sons, saying, Numbers chapter 6, I mean verse 22. Thus you shall bless the sons of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. Did you notice that? What is he supposed to do? Bless the sons of Israel. How will he do it? He will say to them, Delegation. Thus you shall bless. You shall say to them. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Now what's the result of this? Verse 27. So they shall invoke my name on the sons of Israel. I then will bless them. Did you see that? So basically in Israel, the priests had an assignment. Bring forth the blessing of God into the lives of the people. Bring forth the blessing of God into the circumstances of the people. Bring forth the blessing of, or, or blessing of God into their fields, into everything that they do. How do they do it? Open your mouth and pronounce that blessing. By doing it, what you are doing is invoking the name of God on the sons of Israel. Now, that's why, that's why we read the other one, the one we read last time, which is from Genesis chapter 27. But before we read that now, let me just quickly explain something. So we have seen that blessing is spiritual empowerment. I've gone now to explain the fact that God delegates it. I will give you an example. And the next one we are going to see is the one we read last time, Genesis chapter 27, in which Isaac blessed his children. But what I want to say before that is to emphasize towards different things that we have been commanded to bless. I'll be getting my point. There are different things that we have been commanded to bless. So I'll just really run through them one by one. These are important spiritual activities we must be involved in. You are a blessing machine. What did I say? Yeah, God has called you to be a blessing machine. You are supposed to be going around uttering divine blessings onto the earth. One of the things that we have been created to do is to bring forth heaven into the earth. I said it last time, what Satan does is to ensure that we bring forth hell into the earth. When it's, it doesn't have the kind of power we think he has. I know I keep on saying it. What he does is to tempt us to give him his power, our power and our authority. Instead of us uttering the blessing of God into the earth, we bring forth another thing through our grumblings and through our complainings and through our negative declaration. I told my wife something to do that. After somebody I know, let me not tell you where I met him, but we're in a chat group. I said, this guy may think we are joking, but I said he has a bad spirit. You may not know it, but his spirit is bad. Even one unbeliever says that I don't open his posts. And he goes to church, one of these big churches in Abuja. If he utters 20 things, we may be joking, but 19 minimum and negative. 
He posted something yesterday. I told him that, you see, because you're always looking for evil to spread, to spread around. You know, you must understand, Satan, this life is spiritual. He wants the heart of people to fail. When your heart fails, God cannot bring forth his blessing because nobody is waiting for it. See, the heart of people will fail them depending on what they are beholding. Some people just go around trying to, and they think they are giving you news. I say, no, you like evil. You are, I, I, I joke with the crack. I give her a joke. I say, agent of darkness. Yeah, that's what you are. You're an agent of darkness. It's the negative things you want to print on my mind. Me, I know we're at war. You can laugh at me, but me, I'm fighting back. You see, as we go on, we have been given an instruction to bless. We have been given the commandment to do what? Yes. To bless. One of the things we are supposed to bless is our nation. Hopefully, I can get there today. I'll rush the rest of these messages. All right? This message. God has given us instructions, sorry, an assignment to bring heaven down to the earth. One of the ways we do it is through blessing. We are supposed to be constantly blessing people and blessing things and uttering blessings everywhere. One of the things that you hear Job, Job said, he said, the blessing of one about to perish came upon me. That is, people who are in distress are still given the power to bless whoever helps them. Now, what, that, what am I trying to explain? We have an assignment, all right, to pour out blessings. First place, place you bless is your household. Especially if you're a man. You, have the head, you are the head of the house. You have... The assignment of God to bring heaven into your home through your, your, through your blessing of the household. Let's really read this. Men, bless your household. Women, you are the assistant blesser. Do you follow my point? But you to make sure you collect your blessing. I hope you get my point. Men, bless your household. Let's read 2 Samuel chapter, chapter 6. This is a story of when David brought the ark successfully this time around to Jerusalem. For time's sake, we won't read the whole story, but it's a story we all know, right? If you don't know the story, say, please help me. Uh, no, I'm not helping you. You, you go and read it by yourself. Because you, you, should, you know the story. The Lord is good. Anyway, you know the story of uh, David. Initially, he tried to bring the ark into Jerusalem. And they went to, what's the name of that place? Zikria, Jerry, whatever it is, where they kept it. On their way, Uzzah was one of the drivers of the ark. Uzzah touched the, cart, touched the ark on top of a cart, and Uzzah died. So David abandoned the ark in the house of Obededom. Because the ark was dangerous. Then they realized that <laughs> this ark has two sides. It's a dangerous side, but the house of, of, of Obededom... <laughs> Oh, more. <laughs> three months. Many people don't know this thing. Only three months. Oh. Only three months. Obededon was waxing stronger and stronger. Richer and richer. Now, so where you not plant mango? Mango grow. You just come out in the morning. You see, see pepper growing. Who planted it? I don't know. The wheat you planted just doubled in size. Cows normally born one at a time. You only born three. Ah. They now went and told David, Oga, did you say you left the ark behind because it's killing people? 
It looks like the killing part has expired. Because right now, Obededom is enjoying. So David went and investigated and said, it is true. He said, Obededom, give me my team. <laughs> give me my team. He said, but so that he doesn't kill anybody like the last time. What went wrong? The Nazi guy, we did not carry it after the due order. There's a proper procedure. So this time around, he made the proper arrangements and he carried the ark. So you see in verse um, 13. And so it was that when the bearers of the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, David sacrificed an ox and a fatling. Notice verse 14. And David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen effort. So David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound of the trumpet. Then it happened as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, that Michal, the daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Now notice this. They successfully brought the ark in. I won't, because of time, I'm going to jump a few verses. So David finished offering in verse 18. Then he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. That's where I'm going. Further, he distributed to all the people, to all the multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread and, a, and one of dates and one of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed each to his house. But when David returned to bless his household, that's where I'm going. He returned to bless his household. He understood that after blessing the people, you are the king. That's okay. But as a father of the house, you are supposed to do what? Bless your household. As I'm telling the story. So I'm telling men, bless your household. When you come from church on Sunday and you have been heavily blessed, anointed, bless the household. Stand in front of the house and put out your hand and bless the building. Bless the compound. More importantly, bless the people. As a group, that is the wife and the children and whoever is living in the house. Everybody come under this blessing. Speak to them the blessing of God. The household must be blessed. I hope you're getting my point. It's a duty. This is not prayer now. Father, I'm beginning. No, 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 no. I have come. Listen, this is what blessing is. God has uttered his will. I want to enforce it now. Directly. Within my own jurisdiction of authority. So I say to this house. Peace be upon you. I say to the house, sickness, stay away from you. I say to the household, the Lord bless you. The Lord will keep you. I say to the household, the Lord will cause his face to shine upon you. He will bring you water in his season. He will bring coolness into your home, into your bedrooms. He will put his security around you. Invoke the blessing of God upon the house. You bring out a scripture and say, this will be your experience. The Lord will be your shepherd. And you shall not want. Like I said last time, you take your children. Let's quickly get into that. Of course, first, your wife. <laughs> you know, I said, there's an art. You know, let me tell you something about blessing. Bless no be by force. What does it? 
If you will not humble yourself, you will not be blessed. That's why I've told you women, stop calling your husband out of the first name. It's not good. This is not America. If it's America, don't do it in America. Find the name. You may not like Naim, but it's a good name. What does Naim mean? Our daddy. Yes, our father. Please, when your wife wants, when your husband wants to bless, use the nine thing. All this one calling your husband Jude is why he can't pray for you effectively. You want to, your husband wants to bless, say Jude, I beg, I'm waiting. The blessing has been postponed. Anybody who can call by the first name, he can't bless you successfully. I hope you get my point. Find a very, very archaic, traditional name that will make you feel like a villager. So you know that the things of this world are not your own. I mean, all these things in the world. You know the things in the world? The pride of life. If you are a, if you are, if you are, if you are a feminist and a woman liber, you are of your father the devil. You know what they call a woman liber? Who believe in woman liberation? Women liberation. And if you are a woman, then I am not in bondage. To have somebody that can bless me is a blessing. Listen, let me tell you something. Eh? It will make you laugh. Eh? Sometimes, you know, I have to edit. Okay, I always go through messages that will preach here regularly before it is released. So I do that. So I listen to some of the messages here. I say, Haba. I told my wife, wow, and I enjoy you. That is where I preached last time. It was sweet. So I don't feel like that. There are times I finish preaching, I just feel like, this is my will. I say, you don't need backslide. <laughs> it's my other saying no, it was a good message. I'll be here. Ah, God bless you, sir. Okay, fine. But the other times I did, ah, I said this one was good. I mean, preaching did not think so. Now, I'm being honest with you. The other time I said, Kai, where will I go to now? When will I go? Let me be hearing words like this. Seriously. I, if you know the way I used to be, I used to run up and look, look, looking for where. There's one man we met the other time. I said, okay, when are you doing a one week seminar? I'm disappearing from Enugu. I'm going to sit with him. Mom, I just want to preach three times a day because I'm going to travel, fly, take flights, fly, 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 reach there. You, are, you must preach. I'm going to spend money now. Where I'm going there, sometimes there's some things that people think that, some people, you know, for them, that ah, it's a pastor that's enjoying. No, it's the people that are listening that are enjoying. They came to Jesus. Woman said, ah, blessed is the womb that bore you. Jesus said, no, on the contrary. Blessed are those that hear these words and do them. Do you get my point? So, don't let anybody come and harass you with women liberation. I hope you get my point. It's a blessing to have somebody that can pronounce blessings upon you. That's what I'm saying. I saw someone woman the other day. She woman is a woman. She does not believe in women, what they call equality. She said, no, I don't believe in it. She said, women should not be allowed to vote. <laughs> I'm not saying I agree. I'm just saying what she said. They said, why? He said, because it's supposed to be one vote per household. So that all of you at home, I'm adding my own words now, should decide who to vote for and send one person to go and vote. What are all of us queuing at the police station? What is it for? <laughs> the woman said they should ban divorce. Said it should be made illegal. They, so they asked, he said why? He said because those of us that don't want marriage, we shouldn't spoil it for those who want it. Yeah, no, that's our own policy. How long is that? It's not by force. If you don't want it, go to There's another arrangement. Say, let those who want it, who want to do for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, leave it to them now. Say, the rest of us that don't, we are supporting for everybody. 
Initially, when I heard her, I said, this woman, are you all right? The way she explained her points, I had to keep quiet. I said, please, it didn't make sense. <laughs> this man that was interviewing her, when I listened to the video, the, um, what's some of this, uh, P.S. <laughs> P.S. Morgan. Even he had to come down and say, look, look, it looks like you're making sense. Initially, he was like, what do you mean? When the lady finished explaining, he said, we want equality. He said, go be equal. Go to a construction site and apply for work. He said, why do you want the soft, soft job? And say, yeah, equality. He said, what about the construction work? Is there no equality there? <laughs> and the woman talking, you know. The woman said, there's an oil rig that's hiring. <laughs> Women, go to the oil rig and be equal. <laughs> he said, if you're not willing to be equal on the oil rig, you're not willing to be equal in the construction site, he said, leave this equality thing alone. I want that woman, I have her article. He said, no, I don't want equality. He said, when we're at home and I hear kuru kuru, let my husband go and check. I'm not going to go and check anything before they shoot me. He said, I'm not. <laughs> he said, I don't want that kind of equality. He's the man. Let me your hide somewhere. And he carries the gun to go and check. Hey, who's there? He said, that is what. This lady is an American physician. She said, I don't want equality. Don't give me the dangerous job. And according to Jordan Peterson, he says, the man's world. He says, it's not a man's world. Said 90% of those, die, of those who die in battle during war said they are men. Go to prison. Most prisoners are men. And we all know men live shorter than women. Even as babies, it's not because of anything. You bond them like this. Most of those that die are boys. Yeah. These girls are just tough. You bond them like this, they know they die. They leave all the dying to the baby boys. <laughs> Even Pharaoh. He didn't kill the baby girls. Herod, he went to the baby boys. Boys, life is rough. <laughs> the Lord is good. Yeah, yeah, answers, answers. Who says shoot? It's the boys. Any man. Ladies, when you see a man, eh? Oh, salute, eh? Oh, boy, God will bless you. Say, God will keep you. And when you marry him, I beg. That's where we are going. Let's get back to our message. When you marry, so look, Jude was when you were in fellowship. Okay? You can be calling him Steve. Baba Steve. No, I'm not calling him. I'm telling you, she can call you Steve those days. But if I hear Steve from her mouth, it's against the will of God. Nice Stephen. <laughs> okay, now. Why? There's a way you will do it. Blessing will just start bubbling. It, it, it wasn't planning to bless you. You just say, the Lord give you the fresh dew of heaven. He start pouring blessings upon you. Do you get my point? It was one just say, please, I'm coming. Don't waste my time. Aha. Uh-huh. That's how to close blessing. That's a Michael spirit. Despise a man in your heart. And your husband, lie, lie, not agree. You must provoke the blessing. You must provoke. You know, there's a way you provoke blessing. The person was not planning to bless the blessing will just fall out. It's a story I told here, I've told many times, about four young men or so, four young people, men, and I don't know whether there's a lady amongst them, but children of the same father. They had a big showdown with their father. It was a quarrel about something in the family. And they all quarreled and quarreled and quarreled and quarreled. And they were big children, you know, so they could talk to their parents. What are you doing? It's not right. Show the man a lot of disrespect. Their parents, both of them actually. So after they did that, one of them, one, one of them, as they left, ah, 
You know, like David, after I cut the, the cloth of um, Saul, you know, his conscience did what? Smote him. So this boy's conscience smote him. His father was not planning to bless anybody. But he went to the, where his parents were seated. And he prostrated full and said he's so sorry. Apologize for the disrespect and everything. Without the father planning, just say, you, it will go well with you. That's what I'm going. Emma wasn't planning to bless anybody. He was angry with these children. Well, one of them, ten lepers, they were. One left the rest. Came, prostrated full before the father and said, I'm very sorry. I shouldn't have spoken like to you like that. We had, you know, he just apologized. And the man looked and said, you, it will go well with you. Now, why did I hear this testimony? Because that you, that guy that was you, later on in life, he looked back. He was the only one that was well with in the whole family. He wasn't telling the story to his friend, the pastor. That he has looked, he doesn't know what's wrong with his siblings. Nothing seems to work. Whether it's work or family or marriage, everything's upside down. But for him, everything was peaceful. So he looked back. What could have cost it? He remembered that day that his father had pointed at him and said, you, it will go well with you. So what you do, you, collect, you, know, you, you grab the blessing by force. Tell young, young people, if you leave school, first thing you want to buy is iPhone, iPhone, iPhone 14. And you are play, is it Pro Max they call it? Uh, Pro Max. And you are paying small, small in Nigeria for phone for 10 months. Let me not use that my anointing. Some of you don't like Let me not look use it against you. I'll use a small part of it. May your phone fall down and shatter without warranty. Yes. Well, you've never gone home. That's where I'm going. To go home and that, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that you probably think I know my father has money. You don't get it. The food tastes different when it comes from you. He can buy 40-year-old whiskey. Maybe. You know that guy? Our guy? Maybe. But you can just buy a small bottle of grape juice. When he's drinking that one, it will taste better than the most expensive wine. Why? My son brought this one. My daughter brought this. I keep on saying, what are you doing with all this money? All these things you are buying. Where are you carrying it to? You've been poor for 26 years. So, why can't you just endure for another four years? Do you get my point? I don't know why we're in a hurry. You want to buy more? You see, because of you, they've increased for now to 650. We are praying for you to come. That's why people will not collapse under the weight. But it's people like you, that you don't, you're not supposed to have a car that you went and bought. God is trying to punish you. All of us now are now suffering. Because of your iniquity. <laughs> you know, some people were, God, these children you carried abroad to school, you will bring them back. You know, you know God has determined. By myself, I have sworn that these children going to school abroad, they are coming back to Nigeria. So if you don't bring them back, I'm pushing this money to 1,200. So it's, it's for the rest of us now who are now suffering because of you. Now bring those children back. Nonsense. Can civil servant be sending children abroad for school? And I said that dollar is... Well, if you were a dollar, won't you run? You see, foolish people. Gathering money they don't have. To send, to send children to school they don't know. When as soon as they enter the school, they say, what's your preferred pronoun? <laughs> say my pr- preferred pronoun. It's Marzi. It's Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> <Marzi>. <laughs> 
It's true. In fact, I should go to one of those places. <laughs> the one Nigerian one. <laughs> he said, what, what if I want to say you? You say Mazim. What if I want to say him? He said Mazim. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said, the Lord is good. I saw one joke. One guy said, English is a very, very confusing language. He said, why is it? Give her her book. Why is it correct? And give him in book. It's not correct. <laughs> After all, give her her book. is correct. The Lord is good. What I'm going to say is that, listen, stop spending money as if you don't, you know, as if these things. Do, you know, you see, I told you I learned something years ago. They said, do the important things first, not the urgent ones. It's a principle of management. He said, do the important things first, not the urgent ones. Because you don't want important things to become urgent. Remember say when they finish, after this one, after they've done this one, they will not go and settle their father. As if their father is waiting for them. One man, he bought a car for his father, did everything. So it was a fairly used car. So he took it to the partner of Peter, so they didn't respirate. Why they were respirating? The father died. It was so painful for him. He cried and cried and cried. He's not even tried. He did it early. Yet, he had bought the cow. But he said, let it look new. So he took it in for respring. They then put a fresh coat of paint. While the cow was in the paint shop, they called and said, bros, popsy don't mud. So I tell what are you doing with food? Listen to me. Eh? Use a cheap phone. What did I say? What did I say? What does this expensive phone do for you? I'm not saying don't buy it. But there are more urgent things to handle first. Go home, please. Go and collect a blessing. Provoke it. Surprise somebody who has the ability to pronounce a blessing upon you. David went to bless his household. That's what I'm talking about. David went to bless. Now, forget, let me not emphasize those who are supposed to collect. Let's talk about the person who's supposed to bless. David went to bless his household. Why I talk about Michael is the fact that he blocked the blessing. With the wrong attitude. She blocked the blessings. You know why? She was the one helping David those days when he was his, the, her father's servant. After all, my father wanted to kill you. I was the one that helped you escape. That was then. Now, I am the king. Not only am I the king, I am the husband king. And I'm the king husband. Some women are so rude to their husbands. They knew him in school. And that time he was very poor. Her own father is rich. So he's the one that used to help the guy with money. So that is, you are still thinking of, uh, I say calling him by that name. You used to call, call each other in fellowship. Find a, a, a blessing provoking name. Put a knee down in the morning. Oh, they say, hey, Ben, are you awake now? Come on in. Where do you think you are? Are you looking at him like that? Do you greet him like that? It's not good. It's not good. Let his stomach bubble in the morning. Even if he doesn't want to bless, he will just say, Today, it will go well with you. See, the blessing of David was so crucial for the family. It was recorded of all the women in the Bible that delayed in having children. She was the only person that ever succeeded. You know what I'm convinced of? If that man had poured that blessing that day, he would have opened a, a floodgate of blessing into her life. But the Bible remarked that, no, she shot that thing. But my emphasis is not on her. It's on David. Bless your household. What did I say? Bless your household. Don't, it's not, 
Your wife is not your friend in that regard, though. She's your blessee. What do I call her? Blessy. Your children are your blessees. This is not a joke. No matter how intelligent you are in life, you are leaving home. I have to put a blessing on your head. You are my son. You are leaving home. My daughter, you are going home. I will tell you, go to school and succeed. If I don't say it, you will so fail, you wouldn't believe it. You go read book, you go forget. Remember we said that the structure can be there, but what? The energy, the power must be supplied. It's supplied with words. Bless your household. Don't forget. Another thing you bless of what your household includes, now please, not only husbands, wives, bless your children. Now there is a way you bless somebody. Let's use the word blessing properly. You can pray for anybody. You understand my point? You can, you know, you can utter a blessing. There's a difference between when you command a blessing because you have authority and then when you bless with, with supplication in your heart. So in the same manner, husband, wives, you have to bless your husband. But this time with supplication in your heart. That is like, Lord, my husband is going out. My husband, the Lord will go with you. It's very important when you are blessing a superior, you invoke the name of God directly. I hope you get my point. You, you don't get it. If you are blessed someone who is senior superior to you, you have to invoke, that is, my husband, you are going out, may the Lord go with you. But the husband sometimes, he can say that, but he can declare, today will be good for you. But the wife can't do that. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah, there's the spiritual order. Many people don't know that. You can't tell your seniors, I profess upon you, that goodness will... No, 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 don't do that. I pray for you, sir, that the Lord will go with you. I pray that the Lord will... Do you know, um, what's his name? Michael saw Satan and said, the Lord rebuke you. Yes. You have to be careful. We have to choose the right words. Nothing wrong with blessing your seniors, but choose the right words. That's why I said that you, you pronounce, you, you, you invoke that blessing with supplication. But when the, the lesser, the Bible says, is blessed of what? The greater. Ah. So Melchizedek, Melchizedek looks at Abraham and says, Blessed be Abraham of the... That is, he commanded the blessing upon him. He wasn't praying for him. He was telling him, you're blessed. You get the principle here? I just wanted to the wives to know, you bless your husbands also. But, for those of your children, ha, 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 pray for them all, but you still utter, the same way or God they do your own. You must do your own too. I hope you're getting my point. So it's not only men, the heads of households that are supposed to bless that's what I said at the beginning. The wives are what? Assistant blessers. Another thing you bless apart from the household. That covers children and all of that. So I won't go over that again. You bless your day. Yes. You have authority over that. You bless your day. You speak a word of blessing to your day. And you talk to, you know, if you read the Bible, I notice something. God personifies things a lot in scriptures. He's talking to Israel as if he's one person. Talks to a, a, a tree as if he has ears. And talks to a day as if it's a living thing. Job turned it the other way around. He cursed the day he was born. And when is he cursing that day? He said, the day vex you. Turn that upside down. You see, you can bless the day that God has given you. Say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. You wake up in the morning and say, today you will be good for me. You will be good. You bless your day. You bless anything that God has placed under your hands. You have a business. 
bless your business. You work for the government, you work for somebody, go to the place and utter a word of blessing. Do you follow my point? I said, you're a blessing machine. It's the job God gave us to be downloading what? Heaven into the earth. And one way by which we do it is to constantly utter blessings. You have an office. You no, know, we're talking about prayer. You've made petitions. You've made it. At the end of the day, you go there. You tell this business you will do well. You will serve people successfully. Evil people will not be able to stay here. Do you get my point? You are speaking. Because, you see, God has delegated. If you don't say it, you're just watching it. So let me hear you say it. Say, I command all of this in the name of Jesus. You see, that's why it's so important you are full with scriptures. I hope you're getting my point. It's important that when you are speaking, you are speaking like God. And not just speaking human desires. You are speaking like how? Like God. Like who? Like God. You are speaking like God. You are talking like God. And how do you talk like God? It's simple. Fill your mouth with the word of God. That's how you talk like him. That's how you talk like him. You go and see it. eh? It was not just prophecies. They were prophetic words. But Jacob called the children and told them what will come upon them in the future. It's it's power that God placed in his mouth. The one we read last time, let's read briefly just to add it into today's message. Let's begin to bring it to a close. Genesis 27. For time's sake, we will not read everything. He said in verse 27, I just jumped straight there. He said he blessed him, that is, Isaac was blessing Jacob. He said, see, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field which the Lord has blessed. Now may God give you the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and an abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. He said, be master of your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. He gave him a blessing. He said, curse be those who curse you and blessed be those who bless you. He was speaking those words directly into his life. Now look at what he now said. When he was narrating what happened to Esau later, when Esau came back, he said, your brother came, verse 35, deceitfully, and has taken away your blessing. Verse 37, Isaac said, behold, I have made him your master, and all his relatives I have given to him as servants. Hey, it tells the power the man had in his mouth. And with grain and new wine, I have sustained him. That's what I wanted to get to. To see the power that God placed in the mouth of Isaac. And I'm saying God has placed such a power in your mouth concerning whatever it is you are doing. Let me say something again about righteousness again. You know, I said it last time. I just wanted to like repeating it. Sin is how Satan steals this thing from us. Otherwise, the child of God is loaded with power. Sin is a way by which Satan steals it. Never forget that thing. You talk, your words will be empty. Why? They are coming from a heart filled with iniquity. That's not the will of God. Bear that in mind. I say, you bless your day. You bless your body. And I say, God personifies things. You even bless yourself. You know, that's very important. One thing is, find the scripture, my soul. David will be talking. You think there are two people there. David and David's soul. <laughs> David is actually talking to himself. He's instructing himself. It's important you bless yourself also. Do you know a lot of people curse themselves? I, I think it was uh, somebody was telling me the other day, a teacher said that, I was talking to a teacher, he said, yes, I know I'm useless. I'm, I know I won't amount to anything. 
I felt bad. I says, a, ch- a, a parent has told this child this thing. And so the child says, and he's repeating it. I know I'm useless. I know I will not amount to anything. They may have told you that. All right? Now, if you're a parent, don't do that. See, instead of saying those things to your child, eh? Let's not say this on air. Okay, I'll say it on air. There. Instead, if you have to choose one, eh? Beat them. I mean, you both won't know what I said, have you? Rack the child well, well. Don't use bad words. Don't tell the child you won't amount to anything. Correct the child. See, that's not the right way to behave. Stop behaving like this. That's not good Jesus behavior. That is not, you know, instruction. One after the other. Don't prophesy nonsense. See, you won't amount to anything. I know nothing you do ever goes well. Come on. Come on. Don't ever say that. Instead of saying that, slap person. Slap is not good, eh? But it's better. Because if you, if you say, you go pay you, have it? How long does it take to cool down? Before the end of the day, it's all right. But words will keep ringing. A year later, two years later, my father said I will never do well. That's why you don't, don't, don't let that happen. I hope you get my point. Don't let it happen. But peradventure, somebody has done that to you. Time to reverse it. What did I say? Time to what did I say? Time to reverse. Go and buy a full-length mirror if you need to. Say, so can we see? Go to the front of the mirror. Soul, I want to talk. You know that soul in the mirror you're saying? It will be well with you. You will do well in this life. Say, so this is the word of God concerning you. Speak to that soul. Do you follow my point? Uh-huh. Time's sake, I'm rushing everything. And of course, two more things I've just mentioned. Bless the land that God has given to you. Bless the country you live in. I hope you're getting my point. Those of you that have told that Nigeria is a zoo, I hope you know you are spending zoo currency. You are buying zoo for at the zoo price. Am I my That is, you are buying zoo. Call it zoo all you like. It's zoo naira you are spending. This zoo zoo for price you are paying. I hope you get my point. Don't let one man hiding in Finland ruin your destiny. Left to me, some people will just collapse and die where they are. But let me just leave them. <laughs> As long God said, okay, you say, eh, 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 I've not been fairly treated. God told Israel, I send you into Babylon as what? As what? Exiles, captives. Yet, when you get there, pray for that land. Entreat the Lord for her sake. Seek the peace and prosperity of the land that I, you're an exile. You are foreign now. Without equivocation, you are a second-class citizen there. Not the one you have to prove to me that you have not been fairly treated. This one that the Babylon let you know, boy, you'll be, you'll be foreigner. You're a bloody Jew. They tell you to your face. There's no, there's no pretense about it. It's not discrimination. Even you, you don't even feel equal. But God said, when you get there, get on your knees. Pray for that land. That's what he said. That's what he said. Don't let anybody come and deny you of your inheritance. Bless the land that God has given you. Bless the government. It's your job. I'm not, you know, we have been talking about prayer all the while. But now it's to wake up in the morning and say, look, Lion Building, that's a noble government house, right? Whoever stays there, you will do the will of God. Yeah. You will have wisdom. You will have help. All your good projects will succeed. It's important. You have to have a good heart expressed by a good mouth 
towards the land that God has kept you in. And last of all, bless, I'm taking from Job now, bless anyone that God has used to bless you. That's the last one. Job said, you can read that in Job chapter 29, said the blessing of one ready to perish came upon me. What was he saying? He said, because I was eyes to the blind. That these people who needed help, he said, they came to me and I helped them. So he now said, people were, as people were dying, they left their blessing for me. That's Job 29. He said, I delivered the poor who cried for help in verse 12, and the orphan who had no helper. The blessing of the one ready to perish came upon me, and I made the widow's heart sing for joy. I was eyes, verse 15, I was eyes to the blind and feet to the lame. I was a father to the needy, and I investigated the case which I did not know. I broke the jaws of the wicked and snatched the prey from his teeth. Now let me just stop reading here. My emphasis is not on claiming your good works, but to see that when Job helped people, the culture was that people turned around and said to him, the Lord will bless you. I hope you're getting my point. So that's it. Bless people that God used to bless you. I hope you're getting my point. All right? Now, please, can I just really correct something? I don't mean when someone say bless you, say bless you too. That's the bouncing back of your blessing. So who will do that one? They say God bless you, say and you too. Nonsense. What do I call it? Nonsense. Rubbish. When they say God bless you, say amen. Collect the thing first. If you want to bring your own, bring it after. Say God bless you, say amen. If it's a senior, leave it like that. Don't be fight. Look, when your senior blesses you, eh? Leave it like that. What does it? Leave it like that. Go and pray for the person at home. If when the senior says, God bless you, that's it. And you too, sir. <laughs> You've just returned his blessing now. When he says, God bless you, say, Amen. God bless you. What do you say? Amen. Amen. That's what you do. Don't bounce it back. The Lord is good. And last of all, let me add it to, please, let me just add this one. Use blessing as a greeting. How are you is a query. I hope I get my point. To go with you is better. Somebody is traveling. Don't say bye-bye. Bless the journey. The Lord will go with you. You will be safe in your journey. We will see later in the day in peace. Do you get my point? Make it a habit. These are the assignments that God has given us. We must constantly be involved in them. The Lord is good? Let's give the Lord thanks. The Lord will thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Lord.